The law of equivalent exchange. This is Tim in Tokyo, where it's pouring rain outside, and I'm reading Fullmetal Alchemist in English from Viz.、Uh, this is Patrick in Kumamoto, Japan,、uh, reading the original Hagane no Renkin Jutsushi from Gangan Comics by Hiromu Arakawa, and I'm、uh, I'm reading it in much better weather. Uh, we had a little bit of drizzle in the morning, but it is rainy season here.、Uh, mm. Well, and, so, and there's been an early typhoon, too, you know, that was around Okinawa and threw a bunch of rain up, up here to the main islands. Huh. <laughs> yeah, typhoon number two. Okay. Where, oh, wow. I didn't even. I didn't even. I just feel it, you know? Like when typhoon season comes, my bones tell me. <laughs> I've, got, I've got those old seafaring bones. They tell me the weather. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, so, what did you think of this one? It's a very、uh, busy chapter. Oh, yeah. We're starting volume 18. This is chapter 70, which is called The First Homunculus. Mm <laughs> hmm.、Um, <laughs> with a reveal that I knew was coming. I just mentioned it last episode. And so this was, I know, a complete surprise to you. A complete surprise. <laughs> I vacated my drawers. That's how. <laughs> so you、I、pulled、was. them all out of your desk and dumped them out? Is that what you That's mean? That's right. All the drawers of my desk. <laughs> I've em- emptied them all out. Hmm.、Uh, so, but yeah, lots of stuff going on in this one and lots of scene changes. And an overall mood of oppression. And, you know, like we're starting to feel a noose tighten you know,、mm, around yeah, our heroes. Yeah, bad stuff is coming. Yeah.、Mm, so we start out with a flashback to what actually happened during the last chapter when Kimberly went <laughs> down the mountain. This is pick up probably、Winry. the most recent flashback. Yeah, flashback to a few hours ago. <laughs> yeah, 10 minutes ago. I just watched an episode of this fantastic TV show called Inside Number Nine. It's a British show by the guys who did、uh, League of, The League of Gentlemen,、hmm. uh, which is kind of a, a, it's a dark comedy kind of thing. Inside Number Nine, they are not afraid to like. Com- do completely differently, like tonal things. And they did one, like a memento type, where they did 10 minutes, and then they did 10 minutes earlier, and、uh, then 10 minutes earlier, and then 10 minutes earlier. And it was, it was quite good.、Uh, and Kimberly is acting really nice. I know. It's <laughs> like, oh, oh, he can't pretend not to be just a psycho. So, yeah, a little well, bit more depth than I give him credit for. Yeah, it almost doesn't feel like he's pretending. I mean, you know, he asks her about her parents. And remember, in the、uh, war volume, I think it was volume 15,、um, he expressed admiration for the Rockbells then because, you know, they, they did their jobs no matter what, you know, their dedication to their work.、Um, that's true, that's true. And he is very persnickety. Like, he's very, like,、uh, Uh, tight about f- certain formalities and things, you know,、mm-hmm. and staying clean and, you know, being, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's not out of character for him. I'm just, I still like picture him in the jail as kind of this Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of, you know. Right. So they go up to Briggs and then she's installing. 
new lighter winter autumn ale on Ed. And, of course, they're kind of arguing, you know, why didn't you tell me you were going north and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> and he warns her not to uh, get not to trust Kimberly too much. And so he's thinking, you know, she says he seems like a perfect gentleman. He says, a gentleman, don't you know what he did in Ishval? And then he's remembering Hawkeye saying, I can only speak from my experience there. He thinks her experience, that's right. What the lieutenant told me about Ishval is from her point of view. And then he's remembering her saying at that same that same scene, you're in love with Winry, aren't you? Aren't you? Aren't you? And he thinks, from the lieutenant's point of view, and then he's just screaming and rolling around on the floor. Like he, he's no, no, no. He's not just rolling on the floor. He bounces off the off the top of the panel, mm. <laughs> off the floor, and then off into like the other side of the room. So he's like, bing, bing, bing. You know, yeah. he's like a pinball. And saying, Ah, I just remembered something I wish I hadn't. Oh, y'all need to Google pinball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ask your grandparents what pinball is. Um, I used to play pinball when I was like in junior high. But. I, you know what? I was really happy to find this Indiana Jones pinball machine in Conda just about 10 years ago when I was teaching in Conda. And I got my name in the high score. I was very stoked. Hmm. Of course, realizing that they unplug it every day. Ah. <laughs> you know, like there's no way in all the seven hells that I would be able to get my name on a pinball machine if it was, you know, if people have been playing it all day or, yeah, or for was, a week or something. Yeah, or a week or a year. I'm just or, not that, I'm just not that good, but I had a good game. It was a good game. <laughs> Indiana. So, anyway, okay. so Ed is really freaked out, and to calm himself down, he recites the periodic table. <laughs> yep, yep. Now, see, I wasn't exactly sure, but he's, he goes through it so much, and he doesn't mes- mention percentages, so I was like, I hope he's not listing the ingredients of a human again. <laughs> no, he's, he's, yeah, he's not listing their, their atomic numbers, but just the names of the elements. Okay, you know what I mean? Because he, he was, remember when he was talking about exactly what elements make up a human? And it was mm-hmm. like 10% of this. and Because that, that would be super creepy if that's, <laughs> what he, if that's what he says to relax. But he's, uh, yeah, that's funny. Usually, like, we get a panel of humor and it's back to normal. But we get, like, a, like almost a full page, mm-hmm. page and a half of... Mm. Of humor, which means, Tim, we're in for a rough ride after. <laughs> <laughs> she says, did your brain get injured too? And then as he continues reciting elements, she's kind of thinks and then I think whispers to herself, this is crazy. Why did I fall in love with a weirdo like him? I know, bombshell. <laughs> and Ed says, huh? D- did you say something? She says, I didn't say anything. And she... Uh, attaches her wrench to his arm, tweak, youch. And now here we get a little bit of insight about Automail. He says, you're supposed to tell me before you connect the nerves. Mm. So part of the operation is connecting the nerves to the Automail. So what can you, I think, does I that think mean that's you can come up before. feel with the Automail? Yeah, I think that's come up before, but I mean, I don't know if it's about feeling or if it's about being able to control the movement. Yeah, that would be more important. 
It's, I mean, I can, it's hard to imagine that this metal could, you could actually like touch things and feel uh, surfaces, different types of surfaces. Yeah. Textures. Yeah, it might, it might be weird, especially since it gets destroyed all the time. <laughs> you know, like, like uh, imagine having to feel your arm crushed like a tin can. Hmm. You know, that's, that's not a fun. So he says he's not quite used to them because he's not used to his mail being this light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of know how that feels like. If you have a, if you have something that you want to hit something with and it feels super light, it just doesn't feel like you're doing anything. You know? <laughs> feels ineffectual. But, uh, oh, and she says, if you're worried, do you want me to put like a shin guard or something? Mm-hmm. If it worries you that much, I could add a shin guard. Want me to? Make sure to change your shoes, too. And Buccaneer comes in. And he now he doesn't have the chainsaw on. He has, like, this big claw, which uh, Winry notices it's made out of diamonds. <laughs> just the tips. Just the nail. The nails. The very Yeah, you tips. can see them gleaming in that close-up. Um, with a sound effect that has to be directly out of the Japanese version, Jaquin. That's exactly what yeah. you got it right. <laughs> you got it right. Got it right. You know what? As we're getting into this, I just wanted to say, like, I was looking at uh, Ed's outfit, hmm. and I was looking at the cover of eighteen, mm-hmm. and with he's got his cloak in his hand, but it just looks like. Like, light is exploding from his hand, but it's actually just fur. But for just a second, I was thinking, that is Luke Skywalker in Revenge of the... No, no, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the, the all black, and then he looks like he's... <laughs> he looks to me like he had like a lightsaber or something for a second. But I was like, oh, wow, that is such a... I like this, I like this all black look. It's kind of cool. I mean, hmm. I think he normally... Whereas black, but it's like, this is like the open sleeve and the, you know, the robotic arm is there for all to see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody else missing their right arm. How many people lost their right arm in that series? At least three in Star Wars. Oh, in Star Wars? Um, <laughs> wow. Well. Luke. Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and C-3PO. And, oh. the, and the guy in the cantina who's, you know, Ben chopped his arm off. Oh, even more. That's right. <laughs> Who were you thinking of? It's been a while. I was thinking of Anakin. Oh, pff, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of real Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, it even if you don't, even if you just stick to the original trilogy, mm. uh, his still his parts are not. He's got robotic parts, you know, mm-hmm. the Anakin. See, look, I'm not even spoiling Star Wars. Look at that. What a hero. <laughs> what a hero I am. Anyway, so this next bit I was a little confused by, and I don't know if it's a translation problem or what. So Buccaneer comments on Winry. He says, hmm, who's the chick? This your personal automail engineer, Full Metal? She's pretty cute. And she's smiling, and Ed is scowling. And then Neil is there, and he says, yay, it's a girl. And mm. then... Buccaneer like takes a swipe at Ed. Yeah. Why? Uh because he's a Japanese dude. <laughs> he's jealous. He's, he's jealous. jealous. This is 
this is something you see in comics where there's a character who doesn't have a girlfriend, is uncomfortable around somebody who has a girlfriend. Mm. So and he's like, this cutie with this jerk, you know, <laughs> like, and it, and it, it's like well, I what? I think Neil's comment in, inserted in there made it confusing. It threw me off because I felt like the slashing should be a reaction to the last thing that happened before that, but it wasn't. Mm. And I yeah. thought I first I thought oh is he's taking a swipe at Neil because he said yay it's a girl, but no that's clearly Ed. That's Ed. Yeah, it's just a beat. There's just a beat there. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's a, a little bit of time as the rage builds, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I've seen this in like comics and stuff a, lo- a lot. Mm. So it's, I guess it, it didn't come across to me as something like, that's weird. It just kind of... Okay. And it's something that I've dealt with in person. Mm. You know? But it feels like Where, kind of a Japanese thing. I don't know. Yeah, kind of, kind of. But I've I've also been... The person who's like, and I think I've told this story on this podcast of two Star Wars fans falling in love in my room right in front of me. Did I not <laughs> tell that story? I don't remember it. Oh, it's quick. Okay, so I brought two Japanese uh, students. Uh, we went to s- school in North Carolina. I brought them back to Atlanta to show them around, but we stopped by my house and I was just showing them some of my cool nerd stuff. Uh, and I brought out my Star Wars card collection like trading card collection and they both pulled out a card at the same and at the same time said i love star wars and then they locked eyes and i (laughs) like just my whole being just disappeared i went kind of you know like i went i faded a little bit and then i disappeared from existence and and as these two like oh you know (laughs) it was the most annoying thing i've (laughs) it was you know, I was, you know, I was annoying. <laughs> it's very annoying to watch other people uh, be happy. <laughs> hmm. So, Neil is taking Winry on a tour of the base. Well, and they end up sitting down and talking a lot of shop about hmm. uh, Buccaneer's uh, chainsaw automail attachment. I know there's so much shop talk and I like I had to get out my second pair of reading glasses to zoom in on it and I was like yeah, why did I even bother really tiny lettering <laughs> uh, lighter yeah, materials can't be used on the chainsaw blade itself would dura, dulo, duralumin processing yeah. give it greater durability I've tried various carbon fibers but the Veritec companies seem to work the best blah 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 and she's taking notes uh, yeah, I mean, it's not important to the story at all. Um, That's why it's that tiny print, but right. I still like, I need to know. And I had zoomed in and I was like, I didn't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell they're talking shop. One other thing I need to know is like, why does this guy have such bad fashion sense? <laughs> it's like the headband and the crazy shirt. It's like something I would wear. <laughs> And Kimberly says she certainly is serious about her work, just like her parents. My type of girl. And then Ed gives him a look, and he says, "Oh, don't worry, she's too young for me." He doesn't say "osan." He says, "old." He didn't say "old man" or something in there. In um, Japanese, he says "osan." Hmm. Oh yeah, there's little. There's no word balloon, but there are the words "hey, old man" above his head. Yeah, dude. I would have just put "dude." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. dude not cool 
Okay, but then Kimberly says, says, "I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm curious how that's translated in in English. Which one? Because he says, "I'm not Rory Kong. I'm Rory Kong Kewa Night. I'm not." Yeah, just she's too young for me. Oh, okay. That's putting a that's putting a lid on it, but uh, <laughs> that works. Uh, so then Kimberly says, "Well, uh, now that you've fitted out with your new automail, we can finally discuss the job at hand, Mister Fulmer Alchemist." So, hmm, this sounds bad. It does sound bad. It does sound bad. Just like uh, the whole thing of Raven being there to recruit Armstrong. Uh, you know, now they're gonna get, they're gonna get Ed to get his hands dirty somehow, right? Yeah, and then we have a scene of Al, who's still in the, in the prison cell, um, just thinking. You know, keeping the two of us separated is a good strategy. So, and he's just gonna have to be patient. But isn't that a, isn't that awesome? Because one thing that uh, annoys me to no end, and I don't always recognize it because like when i'm watching a movie i'm caught up in the moment but like i hate it when the bad guys are stupid and then (laughs) that the good guys win because the bad guys are stupid or it's one smart guy surrounded by complete idiots which is funny sometimes but it's also like why 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 is there why is it always this way you know you just want you want a chess a chess match Mm -hmm. and then you want the the good guy to beat through wits and skill, you know, not just l- luck mm. and skill. Mm. So a new search party is going into the tunnel through the trap door that Ed created. So they're saying, you know, we're not going to be able to contact you because the radio doesn't work down there. And if we take a cable radio, then whatever's down there could follow the cord back to the base as Buccaneers going into the hole, he tells Armstrong, uh, if we don't come back in 24 hours, just assume we're not coming back and, and seal up the hole. And she's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, very well. That's what I'll do. She says. Yeah. it's like, they're, this is not like Mustang's crew at all. Mustang's <laughs> crew is, would be like, no, Roy, we can't, you know, but they're like, I, right. <laughs> Just mark you off for dead. Got it. Put it right down here on my checklist. <laughs> you know, and then and then she does the same thing to her crew later. We'll get well, to that. Yeah. So on the, on the next page, she turns to the other people who didn't go on the mission and says, "You know, if it ever comes to light what happened with Raven, you don't know anything. Just place all the blame on me and abandon me." And they're like, "Yeah, I, yeah. I, sir, understood." <laughs> Gotcha. Throw it to the wolves. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) And we see the party going into the tunnel. Uh, It's Buccaneer and at least four other guys that we can see. Does anybody have mutton chops? Because I feel like we haven't had a guy in mutton chops on the page in literal pages. (laughs) This comic is full of mutton chop people. I want to have some mutton chops. Oh, there. See the last... It was page 18 is the last page. We got some mutton chops. I want more mutton chops. Help me out here, Tim. If you mm. see any mutton chops, let oh, me know. Oh, yeah, I see the mutton chops guy there. So, yeah, they're in the tunnel, and then we switch scenes mm. back to... Mustang and the flower woman. The flower lady. 
every time we see the flower cart, every time, and I can't help it, is I think back to uh, the old comic strip, Mary Worth. Mm-hmm. Because I have a, like a comic strip trivia book, and it says like when that comic strip started, Mary Worth sold apples from an apple cart. And every time I see this, I'm thinking, that's Mary, that's Mary Worth, that's a spy. <laughs> but with flowers. Hmm. So she's telling him that uh, things are getting more dangerous in the north, and the Briggs troops are good at defense, but they need help with offense, and they want the East Area Army, which I guess that's Mustang's troops, uh, to come to help. And yeah, we're we're learning. Yeah, I don't remember if it was ever explicitly stated. Must have been, but uh, that Armstrong is no, known as the North Wall of Briggs, which is a little vague. But uh, he's saying the North Wall of Briggs has a clear understanding of the limits of her strength. I'm honored that the Major General has chosen me out of so many others to be her partner. And the flower la- flower lady says. No, Ms. Olivier desires only the strength of the East Area Army. In fact, she said, Mustang can get lost for all I care. <laughs> and sound effect, zing. <laughs> ouch, ouch. My manly pride has just taken a hit. So I'm not sure why he needs to buy all the flowers, because the message doesn't appear to be in the flowers, but... She oh, charges to, him 35,200 cents for the flowers. <laughs> that's her, I guess that's her, you know. Just the cover, I guess, the, a reason yeah. for him to be talking to her. But, yeah, like you, I'm thinking, buying all the flowers, super suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she Now, I'm wondering what this said in Japanese. At the end of that scene, when he asks her exactly, who are you anyway, she says... Me, I'm just the flower-selling granny who has served the Armstrong family for generations. She has served them for generations? How old is she? Does she have eternal life, too? She well, homunculus? See, what that means is that her, she, her family has mm. served them for generations, and that, so she's... Uh, so maybe she's actually served a couple generations herself. It's either mm. that, she's old enough that she's served a couple different gener- like maybe the Armstrong's parents she's mm-hmm. looked after as a kid mm-hmm. or she's saying that it's her line that has generationally mm-hmm. generationally served mm-hmm. the Armstrong's uh, yeah I mean I figure that's what it's that's what I think to that's mean, what it is yes yes just yes the way it's written in English is yeah a little weird yeah I think that that's I think that's what it's supposed to be from this Japanese uh, and the scene ends on a comedy note because he's got now flowers pouring out of his car onto the street and everybody's looking at him and whispering to each other. <laughs> All right. Yep. That guy, that guy has too many flowers. <laughs> Old comics can be pretty amusing. Don't you love it? The dollar sign on the bag. Yeah. <laughs> that means it has money in it. 
and the early issues of Amazing Spider-Man are no exception. And there's this line about Mark Twain in here, which has to be the funniest thing Stanley <laughs> ever wrote. Join me, Tim, along with a rotating cast of Emmett. Yes, let's Snopes.com this issue of <laughs> Spider-Man. Patrick. Ha-ha, I'm here. Now you must feel my wrath. And Kumar. To say you just hit the jackpot about herself is so great. As we make our way through the transition from Ditko to Ramita and Peter Parker's transition from being a high school student with a doting aunt. Aunt May's worrying about Peter. Peter's worrying about Aunt May. To a college student with his own pad, facing the big questions in life. Why is Gwen having a party on a Sunday? Support Deconstructing Comics on Patreon for at least $4 a month and get access to the monthly podcast Spider-Man Transitions. It just seemed unlikely that, you know, he would go into melee with the rhino and not get his arm snapped. Go to patreon.com slash deconcomics today. I know, I'll become a costume criminal. I know. Sure, that's what clear-thinking people decide. Uh, then we're back in the tunnel, and they find a dead horse, and a severed lower leg, and also some metal that was cleanly sliced in two. That makes it clear that, you know, we're dealing with lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> and they see two figures in the darkness, and they are two Briggs soldiers. And so... It did appear that there were four in that original party, and sure enough, those two in the in memoriam were they died, but two of them are still alive. So that was exactly what she was told. Ya. communicating. <laughs> I was see. I was thinking like we don't always know that they're alive, but until we've confirmed that they're dead, that she might not put them in the in memoriam. So mm. you know, so it might have been up. It might have been up in the air. You know, mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to check this spine till we get to the end. <laughs> uh, right. But the temptation has grown, str- grown stronger, though. <laughs> yeah. Who dies in this, this volume? That's right. I like I specifically have to tell myself, don't you do it. <laughs> you <know? laughs> uh, but yeah, this poor bastard stuck in the dark. Yeah. These these two guys are really freaked out. Their eyes are wide and they're sweating and. And they're kind of having trouble talking. I mean, it's super PTSD city. Yep. And they're saying, you know, we've got to get out of here. It's coming. Turn out the lights. The shadow is coming. That's interesting. It needs light. It needs light to be the shadow or, or apparently, they're just saying that light attracts it. Well, yeah. I mean, apparently, well, in fact, you see on the next page that the light is casting a shadow, which is becoming... Uh, long black Mr. Fantastic arms with baby hands um, <laughs> and with the zoo, 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 zoo sound effect. But it doesn't attack them. No, no. It kind of slinks back into the darkness and they don't even notice it. That's right. But one thing that does occur to me is that I, I just, I noticed in the last scene that they are putting all the stuff on top of the trap door which means, are they going to wait a full 24 hours before they let them out? <laughs> if so, you know, like, because mm. it doesn't look like there's, there's anybody guarding that area. The lights are turned out and everything. So it's like, how they're going to know when they're ready to come up? Yeah, I don't know. 
so are they going to be stuck down there for a whole hour for a whole day with these no. with this evil shadow we'll thing see next that's chapter, kind of i guess yeah we won't find out this chapter but but okay but if you look at the shadow though Okay, it looks like I'm interested in them, I'm interested in them, I'm coming, I'm coming after them, I'm materializing my baby hands, I've, I'm looking, I've got my eyes locked onto them, and then they look back. Like something has mm. drawn, something has drawn its attention elsewhere, something. So, you know, that could have been it, but something has happened. And so now you see them slinking back. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm going to get them and nah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I think it's that's what this eye change of direction is telling us is that there's a reason that it's decided not to attack at this moment. Hmm. But okay, so he's saying at the end of this page, let's go, like put them on your back, put them on your back, let's go, right? And so I guess that means they don't have to stay in here for a whole day. Well, I hope not. Yeah, I'm not either. Okay, so now we're with Hawkeye at headquarters, I guess, because um, that's where she's working now for Bradley. And mm-hmm. while she goes to Bradley's home, well, she's got uh, urgent documents for him. I guess maybe he needs to sign them or something, but he's not there. Yeah, he, uh, they need to uh, lengthen the debt ceiling or whatever. <laughs> Raise Keep the, the debt government, ceiling. Yeah. Raise the debt ceiling. Keep I hope a mistress defaulting. doesn't have a debt ceiling law. <laughs> <laughs> I, you be, know what? I'm uh, guessing that mm. they, they don't have more than one political party. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, so there, there would be no argument about it. That's right. Um, okay, so wait a minute. Before we turn this, before we turn into this, I'm going to go back to the, okay, back to the cover. Hmm. Because in the cover, there is a figure in the shadow here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I saw that, I said, oh, the reveal of pride is coming in this volume. See, I, when I saw that, I thought, is that Al's shadow <laughs> doppelganger? Or what is that? Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, We've also got Kimberly in the background. Yeah, so at this, at this point, I, I'm not knowing what's going to happen and mm. so like I was I'm still in my mind going I wonder what that shadow is yeah so uh, Hawkeye's talking with Bradley's wife and a shadow is approaching behind her cast on the floor yeah, a yeah. Sh- mm-hmm. is that do we call that foreshadowing ha 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 and then on the next page it's a very dramatic panel um, that yeah. yeah, the sound effect is gasp as Hawkeye looks over her shoulder and sees Selim Bradley, uh, but there's just like light coming from him practically. It's a huge okay, so flash. This is a thing that you never came across. I don't know about currently, but you never really came across in Western media, which is the whole ninja slash samurai thing of like i can feel Mm. i can feel this other person's intent toward me Mm. Mm. you know what i mean Mm. it shows up in so much ninja stuff and so and she mentions it so i'll 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 come back to that i'll come back to the why it's glowing like this okay 
Um, so yeah, then she's kind of like, oh, it's, it's Solomon Bradley. And you know, he's talking to her. Just, I heard a noise at the front door. I thought father came home. What it is, it's her nerd detection sense. She's <laughs> like, this guy's an alch- 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 alchemist nerd. <laughs> you know? He's like got alchemist trading cards. And she's like, oh God, nerd in the room. That's what it is. <laughs> so it's a normal conversation with a little kid. Um, but then after he ostensibly goes off to bed and she's talking with his mom and you know she's saying there you know, that he's adopted and so Bradley had told Hawkeye earlier that Selim was Selim's real parents were distant relatives of his wife's but now his wife is saying that the real parents are distant relatives of Bradley's and Hawkeye's like what <laughs> right her eyes right. go wide well like, this this was kind of weird it's just because like y- you know normally in ad- adoptive situations it's uh you know people don't always like oh hey new person my son's adopted like <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean it's like it's not something that comes up in casual conversation that much uh so that was just curious but uh Especially, like, I think in Japan, it's a lot, uh, there's a lot more in-family adopting, mm-hmm, I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because it's very important to keep certain family lines going, etc., mm-hmm. or keep family businesses going, and so it has to be somebody in the family that's, so, like, your daughter could marry somebody, and then the father would, like, might adopt that husband to mm-hmm. actually have him be the air you know what i mean yeah so stuff that you wouldn't you know so it's just a lot of it's very interesting but yeah she's like oh so they're they have he's telling a different story here Mm -hmm. um and so hawkeye is i guess walking back to her office or home or whatever she's out she's out of the house uh and thinking it doesn't make sense because mustang told her that Bradley was raised in isolation since childhood as a subject of an experiment and became a homunculus. And so under those circumstances, he shouldn't have any blood relations. And she says to herself, and that feeling I had earlier, it was, that boy is, uh, and then he appears behind her, kind of coming out of a alleyway or something in shadow and says, so you oh, man. found me it's out. Oh, man, it's so Damien. It's so Damien, you know. So and you found me out. What a pain. My mother can be such a chatterbox. I, You know what? I, I don't think he should have translated, like, what a pain. Like, because he mm. he's no longer talking like a child. I don't mm. I don't think so. Like, komarimashitane. You know, like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, that sounds a little more adult. Kizuichimashita. Komarimashitane. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's 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 within character for a child raised in a rich family that mm. they do tend to talk more mm-hmm. formally. But uh, Hawkeye says that the feeling that she had when Selim was behind her was the same as she had when Gluttony was standing behind her. So here's the standing behind bit from yeah. So what I yeah. So what I was referring to is more like uh, like in the the ninja and samurai movies. 
they they're like i can feel somebody's will like wanting to kill me like i feel mm-hmm. somebody has the 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 urge to kill or need to kill or something like they can sense it from each other you know uh is something that shows up in like japanese media like all the time <laughs> you know <laughs> like somehow they develop this this special sense and it comes up so regularly and naturally in media like i'm just i'm so curious about what's the background of that mm. you know but uh, here it's a similar thing her you know her war senses her martial senses have trained her to a point where she feels like something is off mm-hmm. and it's this kid and yeah his nature is kind of unclear here he's saying he he and gluttony are the same in many ways but He's apparently not exactly homunculus, because Hawkeye says, I feel some kind of pressure coming from you that's not like the one around gluttony. Pressure. Hmm. Well, Atsudoku, yeah, it's pressure, but it's like uh, it's like an unspoken like weight, something in the air, hmm. you know? It's, it's related to the whole reading the air hmm. type of deal, where you hmm. just feel... There's something... Okay, if you've been to New York City. Yeah. Yeah. So, have you ever, like, turned the wrong corner? Mm. And, like, oh, I should not be on this block. Mm. Um, That happened to me in Chicago, not in New York. Okay. But it's that kind of feeling. Like, if if you're on Broadway, you know, there's lots of people around. It just... Everything is totally fine you get one too many blocks off of broadway depending on where you are in the city and it's like uh the sky has darkened and <laughs> that like <laughs> suddenly you hear like crows cawing it's just like oh oh, oh i'm in the wrong <laughs> like i need to get back <laughs> it's like like that kind of, <laughs> that kind of mm. feeling. anyway so we got a full page of him standing in this alcove with the shadow around him and he's saying i am the first homunculus my name is pride and you know what and then so do you think this coincides with this Mm, in the tunnel the the shadow retreating because Uh. it says zoru here Mm -hmm. and then the same zoru here Mm. on the bottom of this page okay well let's see in in English, uh, when it retreats, well, there, the the panel where the eyes change is zloop, and mm-hmm. actually in this panel of Selim, there's also a zloop. So, yeah. although after the zloop in the tunnel, it's zlurp, 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 but yeah, there is a single zloop in each case. I think that's a so yeah, that could be. I think that's what that is. That's what's the distraction is. Pride. He realizes, you know, he's got to get back here or something. I don't mm. know. So, yeah, I mean, Pride, you know, this is another one of those things where I would think the reader in the magazine, well, even us reading a chapter every two weeks, it's easy to forget stuff that happened many chapters ago. There, there was a scene at some point some volumes ago where pride was talking with Bradley, but we couldn't see pride. Mm. It was just kind of telepathically. And it almost feels like 
Arakawa could have hit it a little harder to remind us that pride existed and that we hadn't met him yet. Mm. Yeah, it's true. She's assuming that we're all making podcasts about it. (laughs) (laughs) And so then Ed is in a room with Kimberly, and Kimberly says he has three jobs for Ed. Uh, One is to find Scar, and then Kimberly will supposedly kill him. And then number two is the same with Marco. Find Marco so so, uh, Kimberly can kill him. And number three, here at Briggs, you will carve a crest of blood, whatever that means. Hmm. Doesn't sound good, but... (laughs) Doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound something that he'd be up for. No. (laughs) You know? And that's the end of the chapter. And that's the end of the chapter. And so basically, okay, what this last page is telling us is that since Kimberly has Winry, like, within an arm's reach... I guess he feels confident enough that he can tell Ed to do whatever the hell he wants, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise, how is he, you know, like, he's ordering him to do these three things, and if he goes like, well, no, I quit, I'm not doing any of those things, uh, he could do that. But with Winry as a hostage, Mm -hmm. he's kind of, uh, you know, yeah, so like the same kind of worry that I had when Raven suddenly, uh, you know, made the offer to Armstrong. Now I'm feeling it again, like, oh man, the noose Mm, is tightening. mm. Noose is tightening. Mm. Well, maybe the Briggs troops can kill Kimberly too. (laughs) (laughs) We're only, we must only be one volume away from the end. No, 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 we're 10. We've got, this is, including this one, we've got 10 volumes. Including this one, yes. Still lots of intrigue and surprises to come, but yeah, quite a few quite a few revelations mm-hmm. Winry admits she's in love <laughs> with Ed which wow and then pride totally stealing her thunder <laughs> like, by the way I'm pride you know like, you know which is actually this is pride month so right it's you know it's pretty uh, serendipitous uh, and so sound effects I of course am going to go with the funny ones so, because they're funny. So, like, Ed bouncing off the, 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 the top of the panel, possibly the ceiling. Mm. Uh, the, the, it's saying... Yeah, that's just a thwack in English. You know what? I'm not sure whether or not to read this left to right or right to left. <laughs> just because there's, like, some... There's space between... And just the movement is from right to left. Hmm. And so I'm not sure whether to read it as gado or dogya, but probably <laughs> dogya because it's like you rarely say boom ka, you always say kaboom. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so dogya. I just, yeah. And then he's the spinning is gado do 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 do. So that's what I'm going. I'm going for gado do 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 do, the spinning. Um, I guess I'm going to go with the flowers coming out of uh, Mustang's car, <laughs> which is floof. <laughs> F-L-O-O-F. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, floof. it sound, sounds just like what you would expect it to sound like. Floof. And it's, you know, it's got fla, the F-L-O from flower in there. That's a good multi-layered mm-hmm. sound effect. That's a good one. Floof. Oh, there it is. Uh, oh, it just says Mori Mori. Mori Mori. 
Mori Mori, which is like soft things piling on top of each other. Mm. So it can be used as like, uh, you know, like whipped cream, but also poop. So or Tribbles? <laughs> tribbles. Definitely tribbles. <laughs> Spock, you don't understand. They're so fluffy. <laughs> All right. So that's chapter 70. And be back in a couple weeks. And the law of equivalent exchange means... You get what you pay for. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, you get an awful lot of flowers for what you paid for. That's right. And they were, they were not cheap. <laughs> they no. were not cheap. We still can't quite figure out the what senzu, are they <laughs> just yen? Because like the last volume with the movie ticket prices, it was, I don't know. I got the feeling they were not that far off from yen <laughs> as far as <laughs> how much movies cost. Mm, so. Right. And Neil's coffee was what, 200 cents 200, a cup rather than 100? Yeah, I can imagine that's in the ballpark of yen. Yeah, but it, that would be a cheap cup of coffee. Yeah, compared to days. like Starbucks in Japan. Yeah, especially. Yeah. <laughs> 200 yen is a cheap cup of coffee. Like, you know, when I'm paying. 500 to 800 yen for, <laughs> for Starbucks. Right. Okay. Well, so. listen, look forward to seeing you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Yep. See you next time. Our theme is Winter Fiend by Cryosyncope. You can follow us on Twitter at LOEE Podcast or email us at LOEE Podcast at deconstructingcomics.com. Support our show on Patreon at patreon.com slash deconcomics. See you in two weeks. The Law of Equivalent Exchange is a production of deconstructingcomics.com.